you've done something that day, if you have met a new person, the time goes by so fast and there's so many, so how, how often do you just go, where did the time go? What the hell did I do in the last few months? What did I do? What did I do this week? The week just went by, but at least you have this one thing where, you know, every day I met somebody, I learned about something. This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Graff. Today's podcast is going to be in a different format than usual. I'm being interviewed by my parents, Lloyd and Risa, about a book I'm writing that documents a year in which I met at least one person every day. Today's podcast is brought to you by Graf Pinkert. Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.graffpinkert.com. That's www.graffpinkert.com. Today I have the pleasure of having both of my parents on this podcast, Lloyd Graff and my mom, Risa Graff. They are going to be interviewing me. Uh, I think they're going to be focusing on a book that I am working on right now. And uh, I think I'll just let them take it away and we'll discuss uh, what's been going on with me. Noah, I'm very curious about how the idea for the book started. Well, first of all, this book, the name has to be uh, still decided upon, but the name of the book so far is The Meeting People Project. About a year ago, by the time this comes out on Friday, it'll be 365 days that I have talked to at least one person every single day. Sometimes it's been on the phone. Uh, Usually it's been in person. When it's been in person, almost always I've gotten a selfie with the person. Are you talking about someone you already knew or is it always a new person that you've never met before? The idea is that it has to be a complete stranger. Uh, I mean, it could be somebody that I had you know, said hello to one time, but never had a conversation with. I've never, I had to have never had a conversation with this person. It had to be somebody that I met, not just an interesting conversation. And why must it be a new person? Why must it be a stranger? Well, I think the point is that when you meet somebody new, you grow, you, it's an adventure. It's something new in your life. It's kind of an adventure sometimes. It gets you out of your comfort zone. 
And it's something that you consciously have to do often. And sometimes I'll just meet somebody. I just happen to meet somebody that day and have a good conversation. And that's that. And I don't really have to give any effort. But often you have to take some initiative and purposefully go up to somebody and talk to them. And then afterward, tell them about this strange book you're doing and then see if they'll participate. And almost always they do. People that I've talked to for work on the phone, very few have I actually told uh, that they're in the book. For those of you out there that have had conversations with me and it was the first time talking to me, you might be in the book under a fictitious name or I might call you to get your approval. Now, have any of these conversations turned into longer term relationships or follow-up conversations? Or are these all like one-day stands? <laughs> a one-day stand. Yeah, it's interesting. Often when I've gone out of my way to have a longer conversation, for instance, with a work call, a lot of times you're just involved in your business that day and you want to talk to somebody, get the information you need from them, and then you're done. But I found by really getting to know this person, it's so many other things have come out of the conversation and they've really helped later. And I've ended up talking to the person a lot more. And it's also one of the things I document in the book is the the inner webs of people. So I'll talk about one person that I met and then a month later, I'll talk to somebody else that I met and they mentioned this other person and then I'll reference that. Um, or maybe they were talking about the same thing and then I'll reference that. So usually I write several paragraphs. Sometimes I'll write 10 minutes about a conversation afterwards. Sometimes it'll take me a half hour. Sometimes I'll meet 10 people in one day. Sometimes it'll be midnight and I haven't met anybody yet. So I will literally go out to a bar and uh, sort of pick somebody up. I mean, it's kind of funny. I'm picking up like, you know, a guy or somebody who I, w I wouldn't be. It's It feels like maybe how it would have been if I was trying to talk to a woman? Uh, a woman for the first time and like have an icebreaker. And instead, I'm just, all I want to do is just talk to anybody. And it, it can be very difficult. But at the same time, I try to tell myself that this is, this is the good part. This is like the hard part that makes you grow and you work on your grit. And this is, this is the, this is the part that really separates you. Um, and sometimes I've called, you know, I, I couldn't go out at night. So I just called Comcast and, uh, you know, I always have bad internet service. So I, I always have a good excuse to call Comcast. And I talked to a guy in the Philippines. I talked to him about Duterte and asked him how he, how he felt about the president and the politics. I've talked to, I talked to another woman from Comcast and she told me how nice it was working for them. You know, you get to work out of your house and like make, you know, choose hours and 
how it really was like a, a great job and how you find that job. Just, you know, random stuff that you probably would not have learned had you not had this mission in mind of trying to get to know these like random people. Noah, would you say that loneliness has been an issue for you during your lifetime? No. No, I don't think it's been an issue. I've always felt like I had a couple good friends or a good family to talk to. Have you made any friends this way? You know, I I haven't really met anybody that's become a lifelong, not a lifelong friend, but somebody that I've I've gone and hung out with after this. There are a few people that I might do that sometime. I could see myself, but I haven't. Um, but I mean, some of it's cool. For instance, I went to Best Buy. Uh, I wanted to buy this camera accessory recently. And, you know, part of my ulterior motive of going there was I was going to talk to somebody who worked there. And I talked to this guy and his name was Mike. And I was like, well, what's your favorite thing about working here? And he's like, well, I really like the appliances. And I was like, fine, you know, like, what what appliances do you like? And he's like, well, I really like the dishwashers. Why? Well, he, he takes, so he takes me over to the dishwashers. Maybe I suggested the dishwashers because I needed a dishwasher. Um, and he gave me the full rundown of all these dishwashers, how, like, the best one you could get was Bosch, and how KitchenAids were okay, but they were overpriced. And then eventually my dishwasher gave out and um, I finally decided it was time and we went to Best Buy and fortunately Mike was there and he helped me he helped us find the dishwasher we needed like really quickly and he was super helpful meanwhile I learned all about this guy how like he's working at Best Buy full-time right now but He's a music. Ma- he was a music major in undergrad, and now he's applying to law school. He's taking the LSATs, and he said, like, you know, fifty percent of people applying to law school were music majors, or something crazy like that. Which I I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, I mean, I learned about playing the trumpet and um, applying to law school, and then he's getting married on Memorial Day, and and then he helped me find a dishwasher, and all of this kind of came from uh, this book. Listeners, do you have an idea for a future episode of Swarfcast? Or is your company interested in advertising on the Swarfcast podcast? If so, please send us an email at swarfcastpodcast at gmail.com. That's swarfcastpodcast at gmail.com. Noah, have you had any experiences where you really wanted to talk to someone and they were like a hard nut to crack? They did not want to talk to you right away. And what did you do? And that I did crack it? (laughs) And that you did crack it. Because there have been quite a few that were just like, all right, this, like I'll be at a bar and the person is just on their phone and you just feel kind of bad, like trying to interrupt them off their phone and you just sort of give up on certain people. I'm trying to think, I know there have been people. Uh, well, when the people are on their phone, do you ever get the feeling that there's some people who just rather be texting than talking to a live person right there? You know, it's hard to know. I mean, I think about myself, like maybe I'm on my phone and I'm reading the internet and 
I'd be very happy talking to somebody. Some people, maybe they don't want to talk to somebody. It's, it's hard to know. But it's probably, yeah, with work, uh, I think there have been times where I've talked to somebody on the phone and it seemed like they didn't want to talk that badly. And then you say the right thing and strike a nerve and then, then the conversation gets rolling. In the end, everybody likes to talk. And if you sit back, ask the right questions and let somebody else talk, even though sometimes you have something great to say and that dopamine will will shoot up in your own brain if you get to to say this really interesting thing if you just then sit back and tell yourself let the other person talk just listen just listen mm-hmm. just listen and often the conversation can just keep going because that person is really enjoying having a good listener Having a good listener, yeah, or and somebody that's interested in them. What's the biggest thing, or what are some of the biggest things you've learned about yourself while doing this? You said you you wrote reflections. Uh, yeah, so I've often talked to people, and uh, for instance, they talk about their jobs and how they how they approach their job, if they like their job, if they don't like their job, their passions, and I compare. I compare my passions to their passions, what they kind of like to do, maybe what their relationships are. And then I think about my own relationships and compare them. Noah, do you find yourself when you write these reflections being critical of them? Or do you take that, deliberately take that out of what you write? Most of the time, I don't think I'm critical of them. It's just, this is their story. But at the same time, I just kind of let it flow out and whatever flows out comes out. Later, when I publish this book or whatever it becomes, I can always edit that if there's something. Because I really don't want to be... These people have given me a lot of trust and I want to be real, but I don't want to smear anybody. So you're not trying to be judgmental as you do it. You're just trying to pull people's stories out of them. Yeah, I think that's that's the case. I mean, we all judge people. How can you not be judgmental? Yeah, we, we all judge people and we're all going to see people out of our own specific lens. But I guess later in the end, I'm going to present people. I think I'm going to present most people in a pretty good light or at least how they portrayed themselves. Some people might say things that to them don't seem like a big deal. Um, and other people might feel like oh, that's strange, or that guy's a jerk, or... But I'm going to try to just be... Try to display that person, how they presented themselves. Noah, if nobody else reads this book, will it still be a successful project for you? Yes. I think that there's just been a lot of things that I've gotten out of it every day has a little bit more meaning because of it. You've done something that day if you have met a new person. The time goes by so fast and there's so many... So how, how often do you just go, where did the time go? What the hell did I do in the last few months? What did I do? All, what did I do this week? The week just went by. But at least you have this one thing where you know every day... 
I met somebody, I learned about something and I had to make, I had to do this one thing, make this one decision. You, um, made, you had to make something happen. You weren't passive. You made it happen. Exactly. You can't be passive. And it's so easy to be passive and just go to work, do your thing, come home, see your loved ones, watch some TV, you know, maybe have a little entertainment on the weekend and then the cycle continues. But this this allows you to be present. This allows you to have adventure all the time, this unpredictable thing. And you, you sometimes you just don't know where you're going to be. Like, it'll be a Monday night and I'll just be in some bar. Like, you know, my wife fortunately is very tolerant of this. Um, and once in a while, you know, I'll just be out and I'll just be like, look, I can't come back until I meet somebody. And uh, and you just look around and you're just like, wow, this is, where am I? What am I doing here? Like, what an adventure. And You know, it sounds to me like part of this is looking for meaning in your life. So I'd like you to say if that's true. And then a follow-up would be is, what are you going to do next? Because this project is almost over. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, it's going to take me a while to turn this into a book. And I'm hoping I'm not, I mean, that'll be interesting, but it's also going to, rather than be going out and trying to talk to people, you're kind of chained to a desk writing. I know one of the things that I always find interesting, like if I'm doing professional writing, is that the act of writing teaches me things that I didn't know I was going to learn. That when you sit down and try to write, mm-hmm. it it can take you somewhere that's like waiting for you and you didn't know you were going there. Well, that's what I found with this because I have to write write about them all the time. And that you get these long stream of consciousness. And it's been actually like a really good exercise for me to just like, boom, straight write, not worry so much about editing it. And so, yeah, I totally experience that. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to be like trimming, you know, going back and I've got like a, a, a nice rough draft already, but I don't exactly know how I'm going to organize it. Like maybe I'll put all of the baristas I've met in one section. You know, I've probably talked to like 20 of them, probably 10 from Starbucks. Maybe I'll put like all of just the random people I met on the street in one or all of the people I met at bars in one or maybe I'll classify it like that. I don't know. Um, but the next project, I, uh, I'm i not sure. The other day I had one idea, um, sort of, I mean, it's kind of a stunt where I would try to take like a Lyft or an Uber across the country. <laughs> I don't know. I'm shaking my head. Just like that you you dangerous. couldn't you couldn't you had to like you could only stop to go to the bathroom. And you just <laughs> But I think the only way you could do it is if you had Uber or Lyft like pay for it because it'd just be really expensive. I, and I then and then you then you also you'd try to do as many shared ride as possible shared rides as possible and then you could meet people in the car. And where is your wife in this project well she thought it was a pretty cool idea um was she going along with this i don't know i mean it'd be pretty hard to pull off but you know i'm always just trying to think of outside the box something like this you know one one challenge i'm i'm concerned about in presenting this is somehow people have to believe me that 
I met, uh, you know, one person a day, you know, there is no rollover in this project. It's not like I met 10 people in one day. There was one day traveling from Charleston back to Chicago. I met 13 people in one day. But that doesn't last for 13 days. Like the next day, you still have to meet at least one person. Do you think that all these boundaries that you've set, A, it's a year project, B, it has to be one every day, these kinds of rules have been important in doing this project? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think to you need the framework, you need the rules to make it a good challenge. The other day, I think I was kind of ridiculous. Like, I met this strange um, owner of a gallery, an art gallery in Wicker Park, Chicago, near where I live. It's really just esoteric, strange guy. And and I went in and I had a great conversation. And I was, I was really pleased with how things went. I was going to have like all this great stuff to write about. And then I thought to myself, no, I, I met that guy like three years ago. I was in there and I know I had a long conversation with him. <laughs> like, I can't, how could I, how, you know, this is not good. There, there are a few people in there where I'd already met them before. And I just kind of like, in addition to the new person I met, I wanted to put them in. But this was like... Um, I was very torn about what to do. I was, you know, I mean, I only had about 20 days left. So then it was like midnight and I called MasterCard to get a new MasterCard <laughs> just like um, because mine was dented just because I had to, I wanted to just make sure it was legitimate. Now, I'd like to end it by saying that this project is reminiscent of your first major project the in bus trip. the bus trip. I think totally. I think I see some similarities. Describe that for us. Well, when I was 19, I took a trip on the Greyhound bus from Chicago to San Francisco. And whoever I met on the bus, I interviewed. I basically started by asking them when they, where they were coming from and where they were going. And the name of the book, or the name of the movie is Where Are You Going? And I met just some of the most interesting people, like a chef from a nudist spa in California, a guy who had just gotten out of prison, um, a 36-year-old bisexual grandfather, uh, a guy who lives in the wilderness, house-sitting for free, and just amazing stories. And then I wove my own story as the 19-year-old filmmaker inside it. But yeah, it's totally true. I mean, these people, they wanted to talk. They wanted to tell their story. I think some of them are maybe lonely. And it's just really interesting to meet all kinds of people. People will open up to you if you let them. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Hey, everybody. First, we just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. It boosts our egos. And of course, your ears are the reason we do this. But it would be great if you could subscribe and leave a review as it'll help other people discover it. Talk to you soon.